For the next many chapters, Avshalom takes central stage. Avshalom is the one that killed his brother Amnon. He ran away, spent three years away. Eventually he comes back and it unravels. If you think you've seen um, court drama till now in David's life, you have not seen Avshalom yet. Well, let's start. Yoav ben Sruya, the cousin and the general of David, sensed that the king's heart was towards Avshalom, that he yearned for his son. Now, as we saw, the relationship between Yoav and David is complex, but close. And he loved David tremendously. Yoav sent to the town of Tekoa, and he took from there a wise woman who would know how to play an unusual role, convincingly. Tekoa is a place about 15 kilometers south of Yerushalayim, on the road from Engedi to Bethlehem. Anyway, he finds this wise woman, and he said to her, please mourn, and please wear mourning garments, as in M-O-U-R-N. Do not anoint with oil, and through your attire and lack of cosmetics, you shall be as a woman mourning for a dead person for these many days. You shall come to the king and speak in this manner. And Yoav told her exactly what to say. Not exactly the words, but explained his goals. She had to put up a performance that would lead David to allow the return of Avshalom. Okay, the Tekoa woman comes to the king and she immediately fell on her face on the ground and bowed. And she said, may the king provide salvation. I need your direct assistance. How she got into the king? It seems that the David was also the judge. So she managed to get in asking for justice. As we see also with King Solomon, Shlomo Melech, lots of judgment. The king said to her, what is it with you? She said, indeed, I am a widow and my husband died. Your maidservant has but two sons. They're all that I have left as my husband has died. And the two of them fought in the field and there was no rescuer to come between them. One smut the other and killed him. As a result of the incident, behold, the entire family rose against your maidservant, me, and said, deliver one who smote the brother, and we will put him to death for the life of his brother who he killed, in accordance with the law. And they are demanding, we will destroy the soul surviving here as well. They will extinguish my ember that remains, so that not to leave my husband a name and a remnant on the face of the earth. I have lost a husband and a son, and now they want to kill the other son. The king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I will issue a command concerning you. I will say that in this case, they will not apply the law of the blood redeemer, which is that a family of a murder victim can take revenge. That's not enough for her. She wants a more decisive answer. The Tekoa woman says to the king, My lord the king, the iniquity is on me and upon my father's house, and the king and his throne are innocent. Basically, she's saying, I will take responsibility for any possible wrongdoing, and therefore I need your real assistance. The strategy is similar to what Rivka did, that she was willing to take any other curse in order to spur Yaakov to take action and steal the blessings. So over here she's basically saying, 
if anything happens wrong, I'll take the blame. <clears throat> the king says, anyone who speaks to you about turning in your son, bring him to me, and he will not continue to disturb him. She said, Yiskar na ha-melechet Hashem alokecha. May the king please remember the Lord your God, so that the blood avenger will not destroy more, and they will not destroy my son. She asked, they swear in the name of God. He said, as the Lord lives, not one hair of your son will fall to the ground. The woman said, please may your maidservant speak a further matter to the king. He said, speak. And she, the woman said, You have come to my aid with your decision, but why did you think in this manner concerning the people of God? Look what you are doing to the nation of Israel. From the king speaking in this manner is as, as though he's guilty in the king not returning his own banished one. You too have such a son. Despite your words, you are treating him as one found guilty and liable to be executed. For despite the severity and repulsive nature of the crime, he will die sooner or later. And we are like water spilled on the ground that cannot be gathered up again. In that death is irreversible. Interesting expression. The water gets spilled, you can't gather it up. God does not take a life without devising thoughts that no one is banished from him. Since the death is irreversible, unless there is no other choice, Hashem does not kill a sinner so that he will not be totally lost. And she uses words that have been used throughout history, timeless amount of times, to express this idea that Hashem does not push a person away. He never pushes somebody away. He always tries to find a way back. Now the fact that I came to speak this matter, my story... To my lord the king, although the people frightened me and your maidservant said, I will speak now before the king, they try to push me away. Perhaps the king will act in the word of his maidservants. Why did I do this? Because I hoped that the king would hear to deliver his maidservants from the man who would destroy me and my son together in the inheritance of God. Your maidservant said, may the word of my lord the king be for me a comfort and comfort my son. As just like an angel of God, so is my Lord the King wise and fit to listen to the good and the bad. May the Lord, your God, be with you. As you have to make your own decision. The king answered and said to the woman, Please do not conceal from me that which may I, I ask of you. The woman said, Let my Lord speak. By Yomar Amalek, the king says, Hayad Yoavitach, is the hand of Yoav with you in all of this? She was overstepping. I mean, even if the story was true, she was overstepping. David suspected there was some context to the story. The woman answered and she said, Vatomer, Adoni Amalek. By your soul, my lord the king, no one can turn right or left from anything that my lord the king has spoken. You are absolutely correct. It's your servant Yoav who commanded me and put the words in my mouth. It was in order to turn the matter that you about that your servant Yoav did this thing. He wants to change you. 
My Lord is wise with the wisdom of the angel of God. To know everything that's in the land. The fact is you figured out what's going on. The king said to Yoav, after all this was clarified, Behold now, I have done this matter that you suggested. In other words, I've made peace with this. Go and bring back the lad of Shalom. I will grant him clemency. By Yipal Panav Arza, Yoav falls on his face. He bows, blesses the king. And Yoav says, Hayom Yada Avdecha, today your servant knows that I have found favor in your eyes, my lord the king, and that the king has performed the request of your servant. David could have taken this as an offense. Yoav, bug out of my life. What are you doing? And he's grateful that the king listened to his advice. Yoav got up. And he went to Geshur, and he brought Avshalom back home to Jerusalem. The king said, let him turn aside to his house. He shall not see my face. I don't want to see him. Avshalom turned aside to his own house. He did not see the face of the king. If only it ends there.